Hello, you podcast listeners on this Blade Show weekend. I'd like to welcome you to episode 38 of the long, belated two-week episode. <laughs> We're like two weeks behind the time of the Night Journal podcast. Kyle's been AWOL. Yep, I've been uh, busy climbing mountains, literally. Yep. <laughs> and I came back. Uh, so let's just let's just call that what it is. That was playing. Yeah, definitely playing, but training <laughs> at the same time. It was a vacation, but it was pretty strenuous. It's pretty awesome, actually. I'm uh, now 170 pounds of zeal, steel. And sex appeal encased in 30 pounds of blubber, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so now, <laughs> now I just have to... Uh, That's funny. I've been running a lot, though, before I went. And then I, uh, when I came back, I've been running. And man, what a difference two weeks humping a pack at altitude makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother world, isn't it? Yeah. That's a whole nother level of of uh, of world. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff. Um, I didn't make Blade Show this year. Normally, go to Blade Show, and it starts today, or actually yesterday. All of and our friends uh, are there. Yeah, Literally all my friends are there. All of them. <laughs> yep. I am on my way tomorrow <clears throat> to go on our exped- our diving expedition. Oh, cool. Um, we've got a we've got some some targets that I have to identify in our in our debris field that wasn't that wasn't identified, and so I've got to go and do that. And <clears throat> that's where I'm going to be out for the better part of this weekend and next week, first part of next week. Cool. But uh, um, I mean, lots of lots of stuff going on, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of politics, lots of knives. Yeah. Um, Lots of things going on. Ken Onion's got a new knife with Columbia River Knife and Tool. I have to see that. Yeah. I mean, just Mike's building another cramp that you were telling me. Yeah, and I see he's got a Parang in the lineup. I knew, I'd be interested to see that one. I knew about the Parang. I knew about the Parang. It's pretty neat looking, actually. I have a. I kind of have a soft spot for Parangs if they're, if they're done right. Um you know, that's kind of how I kind of got started making knives, was making making a machete that would perform better than the garbage machetes that you can buy in country. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're fine, they work, um, but, it, but uh, you can definitely do better if you have a, a knife that's, uh, you know, got good edge geometry and good ergonomics and stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the new knife that uh, that that Ken's got out is nice looking. It's it's very sexy. Really, he usually yes. he usually makes really good uh, um, stuff like that. You yeah. know, he's he's is it the shenanigan or is it what what is it? Uh, I, is that what it's called? I don't know. Um, a ripple or something? I don't no, know. it's not a ripple. It's um, it's not the swindle. <laughs> nope. No, it's not the swindle. 
the hell is it? Is he making a fixed blade or is it? No, no, it's a it's a folding knife. Uh huh. It's a folding knife. Price is high, low. Product name, product name. I'm trying to I'm trying to quick like a bunny look for it, and I'm not seeing it. Best sellers because it's not even been a seller yet, so it wouldn't be that. Hmm. Hmm. Brian Ty's got a new double double bladed knife. That's kind of nice looking. Cool. Yep. And um, and then the other thing I heard was that uh, um. Ron Hood's wife is is working with Columbia River on a uh, uh, on a knife that uh, that Ron Ron had designed. Cool. I guess before he died. Yeah, I'm, assu- I'm assuming. Well, I'm hoping they, that there's Mr. no medium and seances involved. Well, I was just to I was going to say maybe channeling. Yeah, get a, get a new knife design out of him, but yeah, I would assume that he's like anybody. You've got yeah, I mean, I, on my computer, I probably have twenty or thirty little designs that that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then every once in a while, you think of something else and add that, and it goes into the hopper of things that you may or may not make someday. Um, speaking of which, uh, Jim Stewart has a new knife out. Have you seen yes, it? Yes, he does. Oh, yes, I do. So look here. No. Mine's I, over there. Oh yeah, well <laughs> I bought mine. <laughs> um, I was just up there. Um, I was just up there last weekend. Yeah, well I, I yeah. bought mine from Knives Ship Free. Mm-hmm. So for people that don't know, there's a new Bark River out called the, uh, the Springbuck. Oh, oh no, this no, is no, the Springbuck. Yeah, Springbuck. Yep. Yep. And so I I saw it and uh, I I bought it within five seconds of seeing it. Um, yeah. And it's, then it's I, a it's a nice looking knife. And then I had to figure out why it is I bought it. <laughs> so here, here's why. Um, here's why it's so visually appealing. Uh, it's a it's a drop point hunter, except that it looks like it's a clip point. It is not a clip point. They just swedged the top of the drop point and they swedged it halfway back the blade so that it looks like a Lyle style clip point. You know, so that's mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's what attracted me to it. Um, and and then, the little fuller. What's that? That and the little fuller. That and the little fuller. And so, yeah. like, actually, and then so I I started looking. I'm like, dang, that looks familiar. And it's got a it's got a little notch for the index finger too. So it's a lot like a a lot like. Um, the Charlie Mays knives I was looking at, and it's a lot like uh, that one, uh, uh, the other half of Blind Horse, that that knife that I bought at at uh, Dan. PWIP Dan from from Dan, and uh, also it's almost identical <laughs> to a knife that I had drawn out in my computer and was planning on making. <laughs> so it, it actually saves me the trouble because now I don't have to make it. Um, except that when I designed it, I designed it with an actual um, Lyle-style clip in there. Ah, um, so maybe that one. Yeah, maybe someday I'll make it. Make it anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm. It came in the mail today, and I'm like super pumped about it. Can't wait to take it out and mess with it. Okay, so. Oh well, I take this back. Uh, the 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 knife that they're doing that Karen Hood is doing. Uh huh. 
is one that she's designed called the HK, HCK-1 Hood Camp Knife by Karen Hood. And, you know, Karen's a good cook, so she probably, this looks like a kitchen knife. Okay. Uh, you know, used in a, at base camp. Oh, okay. It's nice looking. It's actually a very attractive knife. Cool. So, so kudos there for for um, for Karen Hood. She did a nice job with that. Yeah. That's and another cool. one called the Hoodwork. Hoodwork. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a little bit different looking knife, but hey, he's he's got a <clears throat> they've got a forum up called uh, Hoods Woods. Right. And they've got a really huge fan base. Uh, over there, I, I'm a member over there, but I just don't post a whole lot because I, I don't have a lot of time anymore. But um, I'll lurk over there every once in a while. I haven't been over there in a long, long time. A long time. Hmm. I'm looking for this knife from from uh, from uh, Ken, Onion? Ken Onion, and, it, and I, I'm not finding a picture of it. I did see a picture of it on my Facebook though. Oh, I bet it's at Blade. Oh, I bet you. They're giving one away. Oh, really? The Columbia River guys are giving one away. Cool. At Blade, so. I'll be lucky to get one of those before mm-hmm. they're even on the market. Yep, yep, that would be very cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, Gitmo get, get, uh, get is five Taliban leaders short. <laughs> yeah. Be be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, the storyline is evolving, <laughs> as oh, they yeah. say. You know, I I've been following this since he was snatched up, since he walked away from his post, which would be a a wall. Which during World War Two, we actually shot, shot a guy. Yeah, yeah, we actually shot a guy. Lined him lined up a firing squad and put him up against a wall and shot him. Mm-hmm. And he was out of the Detroit area, um, and he was still, you know, and it was funny because he he was he left his unit and was actually working with another unit, and he was cooking. Huh. He was he was working in a mess tent. He just didn't want to be on the front lines anymore. Exactly. Is what, so what he I'd, was uh, red. Yeah. So he was kind of like a conscientious objector that that should have had some paperwork done and. Um, his, his, I think his name was Slovic, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but this fella is, uh, now they're saying that he, uh, converted Hmm. to Islam. Um, he was practicing with the guys, with AKs and, and, uh, you know, I think personally, I'm not a fan of them trading, but I understand not leaving somebody behind, even if it's to bring him back here to court-martial him and put him to death. Right. Well, I mean, I think uh, if, I they'd, think if, he, they'd, if they'd said it like that initially, you know, I think people would have been, like, a lot more, a lot less upset about it if they just said, well, yeah, so this guy's a deserter. Um, we still wanted to bring him back because that's just what we do. Um, that doesn't mean that he is going to you know, escape military justice. You know, you know, whereas instead they had uh, that Susan Rice uh, Benghazi whopper teller. Yep. They had her you come out and say he served with <clears throat> honor and distinction. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, like, what's, you what? know what's funny? 
you know it's it's what's what's really weird about this, and I, I'm not. I keep thinking that this is all a grand scheme, you know, and I and I I almost think that this is like, this is a group of people that is so incompetent that it almost looks like they've got some other plan. I the more I think about what they do, I mean they even on what better way to piss off the American populace to bring his parents into the White House, Rose Garden, and have a press conference with them while he stands up there and speaks Arabic, Pashtun, or whatever he was talking, and yet the six guys that died trying to save him or find him, uh, they haven't even acknowledged it. The president never even acknowledged them. Yeah, because, well, of course he's not going to because he doesn't want that part of the story to come out. Or he didn't. He, what I don't, I just don't understand how they thought that they could get away with it. There's already been a Rolling Stones or Rolling Stone article about the guy. Like, and, and it's already been discovered that the guy was basically a deserter. So how did they right. think they were going to spin it, you know, that, that he wasn't? You know, but maybe there's. I'm just. I'm just thinking well, think that maybe I, there's I, I, some I, other side to the story that well, we're yeah, not hearing. It's the yet. side that that they're incompetent and they're not listening to what other people are saying. Well, maybe it's that, like it's like that kid that was on with uh, uh, Bear Brett Bear, and he said, "Dude, that was two years ago." Yeah, that's like two years ago, dude. That's <laughs> like two years ago, dude. <laughs> It's like you know, and it's like <laughs> that's but that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, dude, but dude, <laughs> dude, that was like two years ago. And pajama I don't remember boy. what kind of oatmeal I had yesterday morning. Yeah, gr- what kind of granola? Like Britney Spears totally had different songs on the radio back then. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> haven't you heard the pop music changed from two years ago? Like Jay Z's got a new hit. Like, <laughs> you know, and they're still saying. But dude, this is going to save us our global warming issue. Let's <laughs> shut down all the coal plants in America so that so that we can save the planet. Uh, dude, wait wait till Pajama Boy goes to like plug in his iPhone and he can't get any power. <laughs> then we'll see what happens. Yeah, do you think you think dude will appreciate the fact that he has to pedal his freaking generator from now on? <laughs> well, to turn on his iPod? That'd be nice actually, make him do that. <laughs> Dude, yeah. You think those? You think those guys from? Uh, you know, it just cracks me up. I, we have a guy sitting in freaking Mexico that made a wrong turn on a highway and accidentally ended up in Mexico, and this guy won't even pick up the phone and say, "Hello, President of Mexico." Dude, you got our guy. Yeah. Come on, let him go. Yeah. We should trade. We should trade five uh, people for him. <laughs> yeah, I'd, tr- I'd trade Hillary for him. Yeah, and Pelosi I'd trade Hillary, and uh, Obama, Harry Reid. Michelle, I trade Michelle Pelosi. I trade Michelle, the president. Yeah, Hillary, Pelosi, and Harry Reid. Yeah, I I'd do that. I'd even throw in an extra one. Uh, five see, five high-level fuck-ups. Yeah, who else could we throw in to, like, sweeten a deal for them? 
Anybody. Yeah, I'll throw in somebody else. Like, you can have them. They're collectivists, so are you. You guys should get along famously. Yeah. You know. Dude. (laughs) Dude, give us a guy back. Yeah. Dude, where's my Marine? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, where's my Marine? Yeah. Who moved my Marine? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's just so, it's so sick. It is absolutely so sick, and and uh, f- I, I'm I'm assuming that the the reason why we don't want to offend the Mexicans is because because they're going to vote. All <laughs> of the illegal aliens are going to vote this year. Well, they they might have a problem doing that, but at any rate, um, we'll see. I you know I I just kind of I'm hoping that they knew something about this guy that. They're not telling us yet, you know. I'm hoping that there's some. Uh... You know, the the thing that I had, and I think I kind of agree with this. I'm not quite sure how truthful it is, but I think a lot. I think there's a big portion of it that is, is the fact that Obama has fucked up so much shit since he's been in office. He's not had one thing work right for him. I mean, the way he. Look at it from this perspective, that he's actually believes what the shit that he spews. You know, look at it like he actually believes that a single-payer system is the best system. He actually <laughs> believes that that will provide better health care. Think about it like that, okay? And yeah, all the of a VA sudden system is what we should all go to, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, and, and if you put, you start thinking about it, from like from his point of view, as long as you think that it's his intentions are actually in his mind, he thinks that he's doing good. Okay, by making a single payer system, they truly believe that that's a better system. Right. You know, no nobody in their right mind believes that, but maybe in his twisted logic, they think that that's actually some kind of modicum of truthfulness there. <laughs> that this is actually a better system. Okay. And then you look at how it's working out, how it's panning out. He's like, fuck, this ain't working. This isn't at all how I thought it was going to be. Yeah, reality and is then, racist. <laughs> you know, The reality of to, this is racist because it makes me look bad. And I can't yeah. look bad. And, it, and, it's, <laughs> and it's like the global warming. And, and it's like all of these things that they believe are just falling apart and getting po- torn apart by the seams. And one of the things that he that there is a definite divide in is Gitmo in this country. There's a lot of people that think that it should be closed down and all those people should be, well, lined up against a wall and shot or turned loose. Well, I think the or, ones, I think the ones, here's, here's, here would be my solution. The ones that were, were captured on the battlefield, however you want to define that, should, should have a military trial and should be dealt with according to the military rules. Well, because okay. they're what? Are they POWs? I mean, that was they, the, that's the big question well, of what their status is. And, yeah, and, I mean, and, and, and that, I think, that's the deal. Is like, how do you? It's it's a new kind of a thing, and we don't really have like the greatest system set up to deal with them. Right. But, so, I, a real simple way to do it would be to say, okay, if you were captured on the battlefield, uh, it doesn't matter if you had a country or an army that you were fighting for. You were captured on the battlefield. Um, you know, doing harm to Americans, uh, 
you know, fighting American troops, etc., you were at war, doesn't matter if you were part of an army or not, um, we're going to try you like you were. And then well, so yeah, but then you would not you would not try prisoners of war. Well, that was, that's that's the big deal. Okay, when when we had a lot of prison camps in America after after World War II that closed down. They shipped a lot of Germans home. A lot of Germans stayed here. Yeah, as part of the they they became NASA actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We're not well, supposed that was to know whole, that, but that was the whole Nazi rocket party. And, <laughs> and if you go to Huntsville, Alabama, there's a huge German population there. Yeah. Huntsville, Alabama is the Jet Propulsion Lab. Anyway, um, but those people were they were POWs. They were prisoners of war. They were not. But those, they, they were not considered criminals. But were they to, were they actual soldiers when they were doing it? I mean, um, I, I think that well, the, the scientists, the scientists were, the scientists were considered soldiers, <clears throat> and it was like, you know, because they, I think, I believe that they carried rank. I think that the that the Nazi scientists actually were given rank while in the they were members of the German army. Yeah, but but even if you take the Sergeant Schultzes, that were that were actually like trudging through you know the battle of the bulge if they were captured um they were sent to i mean i had a i had a teacher in high school that was a uh, guard on uh he would he would train use they would use troop trains they would transport them from like the east coast somewhere where they would come in on ships and they would load them onto trains and they would ship them to like alabama and there yeah. was a big prison camp up here in uh in camp grayling yeah. Um and so after the end of the war these people were released. I mean they were sent back to their country of origin or if they were useful they stayed here. But <clears throat> these guys are not like that. These the guys that they have are they're not members of a government per se. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just members of a big huge international movement that's trying to destroy Western civilization, basically. Exactly. So, what do you do with them? Well, is the line them up against the wall. I mean, I think it's you would do to them as they would do to you. I think that solves the problem. Well, I think if you walked into a cell and you had a nice conversation with somebody and you said, and they said to you, "Well, I think I should cut your head off," and you say, "Well, okay, then that's what should you should be done done to you too." Boom. But we're just going to shoot you and save on the blood. Yeah, we don't we don't want any like heads to deal I, with. Just yeah, dump exactly. the whole body in the ocean and let the crabs exactly. deal with it. Exactly. But the 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 point is is like you know, I think we should have some sort of a you know, they got to figure out what to do with those people and and letting them go is probably not going to be the smartest thing. No, no, and that's and that's been my contention all along. I don't think they should be tried as American citizens. No, I think that's a ridiculous notion that some Geraldo Rivera type believes that they should be tried like Americans, and I I don't believe that. I I don't believe well, that we're um, that the rights that our military has fought for for the past two hundred and fifty years. I do not believe that those rights should be just handed out willy-nilly 
to anybody especially the, the people world. who want if they if they had their way would take all of those rights away exactly exactly and so, so, so don't try them there but you got to figure out you have to have something to do with them and just well, lining them up and I, shooting them probably won't work because there's probably guys that were, that are in there that were just you know you know whatever wrong place wrong time you got to believe that there's at least a couple in there that are like that yeah, I think that they've already turned some of those that they believed loose that were yeah. like that. And, uh, oh, guess what happened? They went and joined up and were captured yeah. again. Exactly. So I don't know what to do with them. Exactly. I mean, I, and, and I know that it, it, is a tough, it is a tough call. It, you know, no matter what side you're on, I sympathize with you because it is a tough call. Um, if you take the emotional of, emotion of 9-11 out of it, if you take the emotion out of it, we start maybe thinking about it a little bit differently. Um, and, and that's kind I, of I do that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Is like you got these guys in there that don't really fit into a category of anything we've ever had to deal with before. Exactly. So then, what what do you do with them that's fair? You know, we can't well, and, we can't just willy-nilly do what they do to us because the whole point is is they're scumbags and we're not. You know, and so we have to find some something to do with them that that is reasonable that will stand you know, that will stand the test of time as a way of dealing with people who don't necessarily fit into a perfect category. Right. You know, and I'm sure they're they're thinking about that. But the thing I would not do is trade five of their top butchers, basically, for one right. of our deserters. Right. You know, but hopefully, well, and hopefully, and, more and, and will see, come here's out the, about here's that. The, here's the thing that's coming out right now. It was this this network, this Hatami Hatani network? They all they, they didn't even want those guys. They just wanted money. Yeah, they some ransom or something is what. Yeah, they were. and so guess what? We paid the ransom and we gave the five guys back. <laughs> so, so the so I think that the White House narrative is we just want to get rid of these guys and get more. We don't want to deal with them. We're yeah. just going to give them back, and yeah. we might as well just open the gates up and give them a boat. Yeah, I think we. I think each one of them should be given a suicide vest and turn them loose. Well, that's basically what you're doing if you turn them loose. Is yeah. you, you know that a significant portion of them are going to end up back in the fight, um, and it may not, it may not, they may not uh, be successful at coming after the U.S. on U.S. territory. But you know, there's we have embassies and bases all over the place, and then we've got allies to think about. You know, those guys yep. they hate Jews, so you know they're yep. going to go to Israel and cause problems if they get yep. half a chance. Yep. You know, so it's like, do you really want to let them loose and then face, you know, all of the consequences of everything, you know, that's likely to happen because of that? So, right, it's I, a bizarre. To me, it's such a bizarre situation that, you know, there's no, there is no real good solution for it. There just mm -hmm. isn't any real good solution for it. Yeah. Um. And and but you know what? Doing what they did was not a good solution. That, that was not smart either. I mean, they might as well have just turned them loose. Yeah. They, they would have had less flack had they just said, look, you know, we, we made a deal. These guys are going back. They promised not to hurt us, and they're going to go back. I mean, at least it would say, well, geez, you're just naive. 
Yeah, you know, it's like the guy. Well, that right, and then be be head. honest. Don't don't try to spin it as like you know this guy who, you know, by all reports, by several eyewitness reports, um, and people in that actually served with them, at least they're not trying to take somebody that by all reports was a deserter and then spin him as some hero, and that's why we traded these five guys off. Right. Like, just right. be honest. Right. Like, if he just if Obama had just come out and said, well, look, this guy's. Walked yep. off the base. He he has to face uh, military, you know, the uniform code of military justice. Once he gets back, we understand that. Um, you know, maybe and he, he wasn't to, a hero. He has to face his consequences. Right. He'll face consequences when he yep. gets back. Uh, and I traded these five guys for him because we really don't know what to do with them. And right. you, at least then people, you've people got people would have been more sympathetic. Right. Instead, they everything has to be like spun. To well, it's, it's the all nth a lie. Degree. It's it's all a lie. Yeah, you know, and and so it 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 either they're the most retarded people on the planet. Uh, by retard, um, Jim means that he had some bank line that was tarred bank line, and then he Twice. was not satisfied with it, so he sent it back and got it tarred again. <laughs> so it's it's retard bank line. Yep. Okay. It's retard bank line. Right. Um. Either. It, it's either it's either they really are totally in, so totally incompetent that they just don't know what one hand what the other hand is doing, which which is you know it kind of looks like that. it's a pretty big damn fail. Like how do you? Yeah, but it's there. Every one of them has been epic you can, fails. You can Google that guy. All they, all somebody in the White House would have had to have done is Google him. They don't even have to have the classified information that they have access to. And you know, the classified information that they have is pretty damn damning. I mean, they're, they're yeah, you know, they're talking about you know spots where he was in a cage, he was out of a cage, he was in a cage, he was out of a cage. He's got an AK-47 in his hand. He ran away three times, four times. They put him in a cage for a little bit. Um, and then, then you got to yeah, wonder about beard, shit like Stockholm syndrome and all of that. Yeah, I mean, it gets it gets pretty complicated, but still, he he. I but think that he, guy needs to have his day in the military court when he gets sure, back. Exactly. And I think they'll no, hopefully no they won't bend to political pressure, and hopefully they somebody in the uniform military code of justice takes it seriously and understands that look, you can't let Ooh. this guy off just because you have a president that tells you he wants you to. I'm curious as to who in, who in politics would actually side with him except the president. Side with who? With this, with this Sergeant Birdall guy. I mean, I, well, I have not heard, I have not heard one, I mean, Harry Reid. You know, he, he said he what difference the, does it make, basically. Yeah, yes, exactly. That, and that's, that's going to be this administration's line. Yeah. What difference does it make? Yeah, that was two. That was two years ago, dude. What difference does it make? That was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I but I uh, most most politicians have not been siding with the White House. Yeah, I think they. I, I have actually in been it. hearing either either people either the deafening sound of silence. Or even even Diane Feinstein, and I'm not. I mean, I'm like the furthest from her fan that can be, and she said that it was wrong. Yeah. Um, and she was saying that that he violated uh, 
the whole thirty day prisoner exchange thing. Yeah, which, which I mean, which you, you want to surprised give, me, right? Because at least if they run it past the Congress, then so in theory, the Congress is kind of the representative of the American people, and at least if you run it by them, they have a chance to weigh in on it. It may not change what you're going to do. <laughs> Uh, it may not change the outcome, but at least you let them have their say. But if you do it, if you do it this way, it makes it seem like you're completely tone deaf. You just don't give a shit what right. whether people would but, be mad about it or not. You're just like, but, okay, well, fuck you. I'm, I get to do what I want to do. But you think know? about it. Think about it like this: the administration shows up to key members of Congress and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna thinking about giving you a 30 day notice to swap this guy for that guy." And it's going to go in front, you know, you're all going to get notified of this, and you're all going to know about it, and you're all going to have to agree to it. And every every member of Congress that's getting reelected, all the Democrats are going, uh, no. Hell no. Not, not just no, but hell no. Yeah. Dude, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that must be, maybe that's how they talk to each other. But, well, <laughs> given that but, you and but, I talk to each other that way, I'd say it's pretty likely. Yeah, <laughs> they are but, just regular but, people, after all. You know, but don't you think that, I mean, I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, that could have been what really happened, was he approached some people and they said, geez, I don't, that's like, it's like a tar baby, man. Yeah, I don't just, want to touch that. Yeah, just go ahead and do it, because I'm not taking the heat on this, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want to you flush Gitmo, and, and I have some people in my... You know the problem is, is that's a that's a um, the whole Gitmo tar baby is there's probably the same amount of Democrats as Republicans that want to close it. There's a lot of Republicans that don't want that think it's illegal and and they don't think it's right. I um, just I just I think the, my my problem with it is is like you've got a class of people that you don't know how to deal with them justly. Right. You know, and that that's my problem with Gitmo is, is like we have to find a way to deal with them justly so that we're not you know, we're not well, pulling the same I, crap that they would pull. You know, you know. I say j- deal with them using their own laws. Well, then they're not violating their own laws because their no, laws no, are but, Sharia but laws. Have have their same punishment as if they were violating their own laws. Yeah, then then it gets complicated though because they're by, the, if they're waging war and uh, whoever their you know mullah is told them, look, you have a moral responsibility to go and do jihad, and they go and do it, then they're not breaking their own laws. So how right. can you try them okay, with so, their own so laws? So if they if they didn't commit jihad, right, and they renounced their religion, what would have happened to them in their culture? Oh, they they uh, get stoned or something. Okay, you know? they've been pretty much put to death. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so so why can't we say that it's against the law to commit jihad on Americans? It's against our law for them to do that. They can't do that here. Yeah, but then we can't try them under our law. <laughs> you know that? Well, no, because they're not Americans. Could, right. Well, I, I mean, yeah, see, you see be. how you see how you start going down the rabbit hole, and it gets very complicated. Like, what the hell do you do with them? Um, I say put them on a put them on a um, a rubber boat with suicide vests. Send them out to sea, <laughs> and let them head toward America, <laughs> and then just freaking blow them out of the water. Well, yeah, I don't know. 
it's all it's all screwy. But uh, in knife, I know. News, put put them on put them on. Uh, uh, um, give them a suicide vest. <laughs> let them go up against LAPD SWAT. Drop them off in the middle of LA. And just say here, and then have have LAPD SWAT take them out. Uh, it gets complicated. <laughs> Would be complicit then. Yeah, I don't know. I I I'm back to lining them up against the wall. I, I well, seriously, that's, I don't, that's I don't one see way any to other, deal with it. Yeah, I mean, if I they've, if they've, to, if they've committed offenses and we have proof that they've committed offenses that would warrant that, um, then I think I, mean, I, don't, I don't know why they're not having military tribunals. That seems to be well, right. The, that's the, that's what the, they did the, with a lot of the people. I mean, I, granted, when we took prisoners prisoners of war, we didn't try them. But I think where it gets confusing is is we didn't try like the low level grunts, but we did right. try the top guys. It's called the Nuremberg right. trials. Exactly. Exactly. You know. So, but that was a military tribunal too. I mean, right. that was not a yeah. And they all ended up getting killed. I mean, yep. they just hung every single one of them. But at yep. least they went through the process of saying, "Okay, here's yep. the proof." And see, and, 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 this I, and is I don't have any I, I don't have any problem with that. I, if yeah. they want to do a military tribunal, and even if it was a tribunal that had our allies on the panel, yeah, all of our allies that fought with us in this in these two conflicts, which there's a lot of them. I mean, it was a, there's you know everything from Canadians to yeah, um, Australians, New Zealanders, <laughs> all of that. You know. And then just line them up and, but seriously carry out the, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, the listen, listen. The sentence has to be carried out, and yes. it, it needs to be, you know. I think military tribunal is in their future. That's mm -hmm. that's how I would handle it if I was the president. Is because you you at least have to, um, you know, it's like the Nuremberg thing. Like, and the the burden of proof is different. You know. Yep. And yep. it, it, you don't, like you said, you don't do that for all prisoners of war, but certainly for the top guys you do. Yep. You know, because they... Like the guys they just turned loose. Yeah, those guys, um, I mean, I don't know anything about any of them, but in, now, in other eras they would have been given a cigarette here's, here's, and a blindfold. Here's what I would have done. If I was stuck and I had to hand off those guys, because they were, they were really, the network wanted those guys really bad. Mm-hmm. They would have. They would have had some plutonium poison. Well, yeah, maybe they did they that. No, <laughs> I doubt that. I maybe doubt maybe they got a couple much. extra X-rays. <laughs> Only these yeah. ones were like you know pretty damn strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have. I would have. Um, I would have done something like that. I would have. I would have poked them with plutonium hmm. and turned them loose. Russia's and, and good at that. Would, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and I, and I and you know what? Nobody would ever know. Yeah, prove that we did it. Yep, prove we just it. Tripped and fell on it. You know these terrorists. You know they're they're always after uh, plutonium and all this. Maybe they yeah. were successful in finding some, and I then they that fucked on, up. <laughs> I saw that on uh, on um, Back to the Future. Yeah, maybe Those terrorists were hey, buying you know, one point six one gigawatts and all that. Yeah, they they were buying that. Yeah. I gotta get a cup of coffee. Okay.
so I'm a splitting mall mother. <laughs> How's that thing working? Oh, I'll tell you what. I I am extremely impressed. Mm-hmm. Um I I cut some uh a bunch of maple up the other day and split it. And I and I'm cutting these logs longer than than most people cut firewood logs. I mean they're twenty eight inches. Yeah, and, that's uh, good sized. Yeah, and and uh, big big logs with limbs, you know, buried limbs, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, it it I mean, it's everything doesn't split like ash, but it sure does split nice, a lot nicer than with a regular mall. Sometimes cool. it takes a couple swings, but but it does a nice job. Yeah, that's cool. It does a very very nice job. I I guess it. I'm I'm extremely impressed with it. Um, He's talking about the Grand's first Brook. Yeah. Uh, Splitting mall, the the big one. I I'm not sure. Excuse me. I'm not sure it's worth that kind of money. Um, it is it is a very attractive piece. Yeah. And if you look at the way it's made, it's not like a regular splitting mall just hollowed out. It, yeah. It carries a lot of weight behind the handle. Yeah. Would you say oh. it works better than other splitting malls that you've used? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Me too. It's, I, it seems it seems to work better than uh, than all of the other traditional looking splitting malls. Yeah, and, and it was it wasn't even close for me. Hands down, yep. that was the best. Yep. Yep. And that is a um, that is a, that is true. Um, what I was doing the other day, about two weeks ago. Well, no, it was about a week and a half ago, I guess it was. I had two pork pork loin steaks that were like two inches thick. Uh-huh. They were really quite nice. Right. And I hadn't I hadn't fired my smoker up yet this spring. And so I drug it out, and I was at a, a big barbecue a couple weeks back um, at Redneck Days up in Levering. Uh-huh. And I was talking to one of the guys that was cooking up there, and he said that he... He basically used maple to smoke with. Yeah, you can. And he do said, that. and and you know what? He's had good luck with maple. Well, everybody always says, well, you got to use hickory, you got to use pecan, you got to use this, you got to use that. Everybody's kind of stuck in their little. And and usually I use hickory or applewood or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a bunch of this maple that I just cut. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to throw those on for a couple hours and fire up the the smoker and. See how they turn out. So I took a nice, made a real, um, just a quick uh, sweet rub with um, brown sugar and and, uh, uh, paprika and a little bit of chili powder, not much, a little salt, a little pepper, a little garlic, Mm -hmm. and covered it up real real nice and uh, threw them on the smoker, brought it to 175 degrees for about three hours, and then finished it off at... um, uh, at 200 mm-hmm. for about another half an hour, and then basically threw them on the grill, on the barbecue grill, just to fire for about um, five minutes, just to put grill marks on them. Right. And oh my God, they were good. Yeah. That's the the smoke in the the smoke in the maple is actually very good. Yeah, M- maple is very, is very good, good for pork. I've used it on yep. pork. Like a lot of times, you'll see in the grocery store uh, maple smoked uh, bacon. Yep. 
and yep. stuff like that. It's it, it does a decent job. The the one you might want to stay away from if you ever get your hands on some is walnut. Uh, a little bit of walnut smoke goes a very long ways. Um, does it? It can Real add strong. a little bitter bitterness to your meat or whatever. Well, you know, and I think that that's uh, that's part of the part of the problem is I think different woods will produce different amounts of smoke, mm-hmm. and where you might smoke something for two hours, you know, because they say that that uh, that your your meat takes in smoke only for the first couple hours. Yeah, until it gets up to temperature. Right, typically. and then yeah. and then it stops. Yeah. Um, so if you have if you have a uh, something that produces an extremely strong smoke for that sh- short period of time, um, you can actually turn something quite bitter. Yeah. Very quickly. And and um, that's why I'm I'm a big fan of subtlety when it comes to smoke. Right. You know, right. I think my wife should... is not my wife is not a not a huge heavy duty smoke fan. Yeah. Um, me, I don't mind it so much. I mean, I, I love smoked meats. Yeah, it should be subtle, though. I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, uh, as you know, I'm a member of the American Bladesmith Society, mm-hmm. and they sent their uh, spring newsletter out, which is basically a little magazine with glossy photos and stuff. And geez, just about every knife in there was some crazy Damascus knife. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, like well, that's their. You know, that's kind the, of their. The craftsmanship is amazing, but I just can't yep. imagine how long it. Those guys are working on one knife, and then you know. Um, but the the coolest knife I saw in that magazine was on the inside cover. It was a Josh Fisher Hunter, and it was probably mm-hmm. the plainest knife in there. But it won. Um, it won uh, the best hunter knife of of uh, the year or whatever. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but I I really liked that particular knife. Um, but yeah, I mean everything is Damascus. Everything's got all of these crazy, uh, you know, leaf engravings and you know exotic this and that. And well, it's pretty cool how they do the when they when they actually do like the American flags and um and yeah yeah pretty neat pretty neat how they manage that. One of the uh, friends of the show, uh, Mr. T.M. Hunt, you know him through the M18, that big, huge mm-hmm. uh, thing, mm-hmm. and then m- multiple other knives. He just went full-time, I hear. Yeah? Yep, he's down at Blade Show uh, with uh, Corey Murphy uh, selling some knives, hopefully. That's cool. Yep, but that's that's pretty big step when you go full-time, so I want to yep. mention that. Yep, good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Um, uh, what the hell else was I going to say about that? I miss going down there. Yeah, I I can't couldn't go this year because I I've been gone too much. And then uh, as it turns out, it's a good thing I didn't because we got uh, southwestern Iowa got hit by some tornadoes, and there's a elderly veteran woman down there who's a widow and she her she's got a bunch of dead down trees and stuff and so tomorrow morning i'm going uh with a detachment of team rubicon to go cut down that stuff and clean it up for cool so um i always say dirt time is better than showtime any day (laughs) yeah so since both of us are doing some dirt time related stuff um 
you know, I water think that's time a, for me. Yeah, water time, but same deal, same deal. Um, let's see. Also, uh, what else do I have on the list here? Oh, okay. So um, we need to set dates for glib. Uh, we have not. Has anybody contacted you? I I haven't heard. I think it's just kind of up to us to set the dates. Okay. What what I would like to see is uh, August August first would be the first day of that. Maybe make it a long weekend, the first through the fourth. So that's a Friday. It'd be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm game. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to update people on that August uh, August first through the fourth, and I may I may come up a a day early, so I may come up July thirty first to do a little scouting. Okay. So we know where to go. I'm I'm uh was thinking about riding my bike. Oh yeah, your new uh, project bike. My new old my new old codger. Yeah. That's my cool. tail light. Can you see my tail light? My new tail light? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it says stop. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a Model A rear tail light. Okay. Off a of Model A. It's kind of going to be an old school hot rod bike. Okay. Is what the plan is. Cool. <clears throat> That's for, cool. For people that don't know, it's a BSA Royal Star. Sweet. British British bike. Yep. 1964. Cool. Runs real well. Yeah, BSA's Triumphs and Norton kind of ruled the uh, ruled the scene back then. Yep, yep. And and um, BSA is um, is it Brighton uh, Brighton Small Arms? Hmm. Or, or hang on a second. I can't remember. I think it's Brighton. I think it's Brighton Small Arms. Birmingham, I'm sorry, Birmingham Small Arms Company. Okay. And it and it was from uh, founded in 1861. Okay. So it's kind of neat, kind of neat bikes. Neat history, anyway. Yep, yep, yep. So they actually made bolt action rifles. Did they? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And they made some motorcycles that have some electrical problems, but <laughs> once well, you get all that figured them. out. It's all the all the British bikes are like that. They all have Lucas Electric. Mm-hmm. Does your bike have Lucas Electric? No, it's uh, it's got modern electronics in it. It's all good okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, my mine's got a electronic ignition. Cool. The guy, the guy that I got it from had put electronic ignition in it, but but it never had. It's got a bad headlight. Oh, stupid. It's got a bad headlight and it's got had no tail light on it. It's got a the fender, the rear fender is off of a an old pan head. Uh-huh. And uh so it'd be fun. I'm excited. That's cool. So I got an actual letter in the mail, a written letter about the podcast and uh, <laughs> This guy says uh and I know him, so it's it's cool. He's, Says, a, he's uh, a letter writer? Yeah. Uh, and he always sends me uh, interesting clippings and stuff. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and he's actually been in my knife shop and worked here a little bit. Back in the old days, 
back when uh, before we did links. Yeah. To newspaper articles, that's how everybody did it. Yeah. Well, and then he sent me a a newspaper article with a a picture of the white throated sparrow. That's that one that has that call that I like. Oh yeah, remember yeah. from the last podcast. Uh, they're all yeah. gone now. They, um, but uh, they're only here for a couple weeks. So I always enjoy those. So he sent that, and then he says, uh, inspired by your enthusiasm for the case sodbuster, I just acquired a similar offering in the number seventy country cousin by Queen Cutlery. It is si- sized like the sodbuster junior, but has a pointier blade that I liked better. It's pretty nice and a basic simple knife. However, I don't know if it can hope to take the place of my trusted, well-worn Shrade 8 OT senior stockman of 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he he's been he's see, actually worked in my knife shop a little see, bit. Back in the old days, a stockman like that, yeah, for, it would never have lasted 35 years. That would be end up in the drawer somewhere because the blades would be like sharpened down to nubs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, my dad had had a bunch of like his father's knives, uh-huh. and they're all like, you know, they're like down, to, they're like sharpened down to nubs. There's nothing left of them. That's cool. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't seen that particular knife, but I know he I can hear that. It. Are you gassy? No, it's my dog again. She's <laughs> sitting on my lap snoring. So, uh, that's funny. Okay, so here's a here's a question, and I'm going to post a photo on uh, people for the ethical treatment of uh, hatchets and bushcrafting. So here's a question. So when I was out mountaineering, uh, I bought an ice axe, right? Oh, cool. Uh, I bought a black diamond ice axe. And and actually, with the ice axes, there's a whole big, huge culture around those. And there's guys that are forging them and everything else. But mine was a cast deal um, by black diamond. But looking at it, it has an adze on one end and then a pick on the other. So in my mind, it's not an axe, it's a pickaxe. Right. But um, And I brought that up, and the guy's like, no, it's an ice axe. <laughs> like, yeah, but you don't get it. You don't understand. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because ice axes are not, have evolved over the years, too. Yeah. Because if you look at if you look at ice axes from like thirty years ago, uh-huh. they were basically a stick with a with a pickaxe on the top of them. Yeah, I've they seen those actually. Lighter weight, you know. Yeah. But they were more in tune with like my uh, that that uh, tomahawk thing that I have that's like a full length cane. Yeah. With a point on the other end that that you would use to stabilize yourself and yeah and uh, but now. <clears throat> They're using them to actually climb ice blocks of ice. Yeah. Sheer faces. Up, yeah. Up, and, and I did know. that. Well, there's actually a bunch of things that you use it for. And and having the ads on the other end is actually extremely handy um, because mm-hmm. you use it to dig uh, snow anchors. Um, you use it to cut steps uh, in, so yours in ice. So yours isn't one of the climbing ones. That It's all curved. Mine is uh, mine's just a standard ice axe. It's not you could you could and I actually did climb with it. Um, but, but it's they, not like the ones where you put one on each hand and you bam bam bam. You can you, can, you could up. do that and I actually did do that. Um, but 
but there are better tools for that. Mine is more of kind of an all-around ice axe, like general mountaineering mm -hmm. ice axe um, for glacier travel. It's not necessarily, if you're going to do a lot of ice climbing and stuff, you wouldn't necessarily pick this one. Um, but the Was it like 70 bucks? Oh, I can't remember what it was. I, I don't think it was prohibitively expensive, but uh, the you use them to chop steps in ice. So if you're going up a slope and you need a place to put your foot, you can chop a step there. Uh -huh. uh, and then you know we we used crampons too, but on a slope, it's it's kind of hard. It's nice to have a flat spot on a slope as opposed to putting your foot and getting all ten points to stick. You, you get tired right. over time doing that. Right. And so if you're the lead guy on a rope team, uh, it's really nice if you're if you will chop a step every now and again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then you know digging snow anchors and and stuff like that is done with that adds. Now mm -hmm. what what kind of a what kind of a pussy pad did you have? What's that? A sleeping pad. Oh, I I bring it. I brought a um, Thermarest um, Neo Air. I, it's uh, wide and I got the long one. Uh, and yeah. it, it was fantastic. You know, they roll up real small. They're real lightweight, and they've got a real good R value. It's it's kind of a newer one. Um, but you, you you more or less have to have a sleeping pad because we were sleeping oh, sure. on ice. You know, sure. it's like you know, dude. The sorry, hammock doesn't, hammock doesn't do well in that no, condition. No, no. I mean, there's no there's no tree. Like you know, and so we were. You know, we I can talk a little more about some of the stuff I learned on there, but. Um, the other thing you use the ice axe for is uh, self-arrest. So if you fall, um, you know, depending on which hand the ice axe is in, you you grab it and hold it a certain way and then roll towards it, and then you use that to arrest your fall. And, you know, we did tons and tons of that, you know, because we were climbing on ice and all this other crap. And so there's that, and then there's, some, there's one really fun use for it, and that's uh, if you're in a big snow field, and uh, it's clear and there's no debris and it's just a straight shot, you can do what's called glissading, where you sit on your butt and you just slide down the mountain and you use that as like a little rudder. <laughs> it's, so that, that was fun. That um, sounds like fun. I've got, I've got an ice axe that's, a, that's one from Bavaria. Cool. That uh, it's for climbing the Alps. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's definitely uh hardcore. You know, glacier travel is is hardcore shit there, especially if it's I mean if it's if it's bare glacier and there's no snow and you can see all the crevasses, it's not as big of a deal, but if if it's a snow covered glacier like we were on, you know, it's still they're in between seasons there. So at altitude there's still snow on the glaciers and stuff. Well, you can be walking over a crevasse and fall into a crevasse, and your ass is toast. You know, so like, glacier travel is—I mean, there's a whole system to it that I learned and learned how to do all of that. It was really good. Um, the other thing that I learned a lot about was uh, dealing with uh, dealing with shelter at altitude. You know, it's it, totally different considerations than 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 I've had to deal with before. I mean, I've done the winter camping thing. Mm -hmm. It's totally different when you are at uh, 7,000 feet on an exposed face and, you know, you're having to melt snow and 
and basically do everything you need to do inside of a tent. So, right. you know, we, we, uh, we, one neat thing is that you actually use the vestibule. So, you know, you're on, you're, you might be sitting on top of 30 feet of snow. So what you do is you, you dig a little platform and level it out and then scoop snow up, uh, around the back of your tent, face the, face the door of the tent away from the wind. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, where your vestibule goes, you dig a little pit. And then you can sit on the edge of your tent and have your feet in that pit. And then you can be sheltered, have a, have a seat, put your boots on and off in the morning, and then actually cook um, in that pit. It's actually kind of cool, and it warms your tent up a little bit, and you get gassed and, you know, turn <laughs> blue. And, but it's, uh, it, that's, uh, that was a neat trick I learned. Uh, and you can only do that in the snow. Yeah, well, you could do it in dirt <laughs> if you wanted to go to the trouble of digging a, you know, a, a three-foot deep hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. My uh, my kid, we went camping one time. He was home on leave. And uh, I said, what, what he, he's like, where's your, where's your e-tool? He's like, it's in the Jeep. He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, what the hell do you need that for? He said, I'm going to dig a pit. Like what? So I'm gonna dig a pit, sleep in. Oh, like what are you crazy? I said you're not in war. He said I know. He said but this is the way they, that the way they teach us. So I just want to keep it up. <laughs> I was laughing. Is that so? You, you're you're sleeping below ground a little bit. You yeah. Got some cover. Yep. yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which anybody that's interested in um, their. Uh, they have a blog site up. My my um, my kid right now is in. Um, I think he's in Thailand right now, huh. and they my my daughter in law is doing a blog called babiesandbackpacks.com. Okay, and uh, there's a bunch of cool pictures of my grandkids and stuff that they did while they so far they've been into Egypt and they've been to Germany. They went to Paris and and. Um, they're just adorable pictures, and I'm just saying that because they're my grandkids, and probably a lot of people wouldn't appreciate it the same way I do. But <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but uh, but it is interesting. They're they're blogging, and you can see the see w- what it is that they're doing. And cool. Yep, I'll send you a link on Facebook. Sweet. Um, but want to talk about a stove? What kind of stove. Uh, for mountaineering. Oh yeah, okay, go ahead. Well, as it turns out, like pretty much everybody uses the uh, MSR Whisper Light. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much what you're gonna see if you go up to altitude. Um, and there and those aren't qu- the quiet ones, right? That's the loud one. It's louder. Um, although I have the Whisper Light International, so it'll burn you know multiple different fuels instead of just white gas, but. Mine wasn't unbearably loud. I mean, I didn't have any issues with it being loud, but, um, you know, that's one complaint that people have about it. But, you know, the the thing, I saw two different models of stove up there. I saw the Whisper Lights, which, and pretty much everybody was burning uh, Coleman camping fuel. And then I saw uh, uh, MSR's version of uh, compressed butane stove. And oh, the guys, the guys with the compressed butane stoves had nothing but problems with them at altitude yeah. and in the cold. 
Um, well, that's that's common, I think. Right, and and the the other th- the other thing is is that like when you're having to like burn these things and then melt all of your water, you know, like you're melting, you're drinking like six liters of water a day, so you have to you have to be able to do that pretty efficiently. And there's really, in my mind, uh, that MSR Whisper Light International is the tool for the job. Now I'm going to have to go look and see what mine is because I have a MSR stove mm-hmm. that's got like the separate canister, yeah. fuel bottle, yeah. and you, you set it up and then it's got a little like a stainless steel coated hose that goes to the top yeah. of that. Yeah, you probably have either a Whisper Light or a Dragonfly. Um, the Dragonfly has a simmer control on the unit itself. The Whisper Light does not. I actually have both of those stoves, but uh, one of the pieces broke on my Dragonfly, and I couldn't get it replaced in time, so I brought the Whisper Light. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that I think that's I think that's what it is, and it's a, and it's it's literally almost the same stove as our little backpacking stoves. It's, it's almost identical. It's just that it's a made of some lighter weight materials. Yeah. And it, it has a you know a good windscreen with it and and everything um, you know it's just a little bit lighter weight and then uh, you know you can you can uh, it's easier to refuel because mm-hmm. you just you just fill that bottle as opposed to messing around with a funnel and all this in the in the Svia stoves but uh, yeah so that yeah was, they're 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 interesting I I like the I like the one with the little tank attached on it. That's just me. Yeah, the Svea. So do I. I, yeah. I, I. I can't complain about it. I like it. But um, you know, when you're when you're literally melting uh, snow for six liters of water a day, plus cooking your meals, like it's cute and all, but like. <laughs> yeah, but those were what they were designed for. I know. I know it would that's work. What the, that's what got. That's what got you to, to this point in time. I know. I know. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying Old I like school. it easy. <laughs> Old school. Right. Um, let's see. What else? Um, Somebody wrote me and wishes to remain anonymous, and uh, he says we might be hipsters and just not know it. Oh bullshit! Because now listen, the number one I'm thing about a, I'm too old to be a hipster. Uh-uh, there's guys that are older than you that are hipsters. Like a lot I of might be what a lot of boomers might, have taken on that. Like you know, the over 65, they they retire sell their house and move to a city and then they take on this new identity (laughs) so here's the points that he was making Um, number one uh, a hipster will never admit to being a hipster right 
Number two, um, they like flannel and they like to dress like they're from rural areas. Okay, so so we're on number one and two. Uh, they like facial hair. Okay, you know, off and on I grow a mustache or a goatee. You always have a mustache. Mm -hmm. Number three, they like axes. Mm -hmm. uh, they got us there. Number four, they like fine tools and fine whatever, like like boutique mm -hmm. shit. Okay, they got me there. Number five, they got they like good coffee, right? And uh, they also like uh, music, <laughs> like obscure music. <laughs> so, you know. Okay, well, I guess I fit the definition. <laughs> except, except, I can use the tools. I do live in a rural America. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I know. I like, grow a freaking beard to keep my face warm in the wintertime because it's 20 flipping below. <laughs> I wear flannel for the same reason. I wear wool. Yeah. Um, I can't explain the music. We're like the authentic article, though. Like, I, 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 I can't explain the music. Um, and I'll guarantee you that hipsters would not tolerate a flipping coon dog. No, they wouldn't. They'd, uh, although although he's been getting a little better, if you'll notice that that was the first uh, noise he's made since we've been on. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Are you still cool. recording? Yeah. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So I got a th I got an issue with some open carry stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was. Can we t can we talk about two more knife things? Because I was actually going to get to that. Okay. 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 Um. Two more knife things. The knife I brought was uh, my Case Marlin Spike, and it did Which awesome. Was perfect. And uh, I, there was a couple times where, like when on my crampons, uh, I it they I got them on there super tight, and I couldn't get um, one of the knots out. So I used it for that. And then there was a couple other times with the rope where my big fat ass. Uh, like tightened this figure eight to like beyond human dimensions and i had to use it to get it out <laughs> and then the, the blade shape was perfect i mean basically all i did with that was open packages and uh cut meat and cheese and such for cheese and crackers um and i did you bring did you bring any of your uh your cured meats i brought jerky i brought uh lots of jerky and that was a big hit mm-hmm um, another knife I wanted to draw people's attention to with a Marlin spike is a, is sold by Garrett Wade, and apparently it's like a British issue um, folding knife with a Marlin spike on it. Have you seen those? Mm -mm. Well, I've got one. I ordered one. I haven't opened it up yet. <laughs> but now, that's a, now, do you use the case Marlin spike to open up the? What 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 brand did you say it was? Actually, if you give me two minutes, I'll bring it up. Okay. Two-minute break here, and we'll play some right. music. All right. Back. Okay. So it's uh, called the Genuine British Army Knife. Uh, stainless steel made in Sheffield, England. And it's got a marlin spike, uh, and then it's got a little screwdriver thing on one end. And then it has uh, two blades, sheep's foot, a big sheep's foot, and then, uh, let's see, a smaller, uh, this is a can opener. Okay. So. What is it, what, what is it called? It's, uh, it's by, uh, it's the British Army Knife. I bought mine from Garrett Wade. This is the three-bladed model. 
and I'll read you what it says here. It, it says, um, You are now the owner of a knife manufactured by Joseph Rogers and Sons Limited, one of the companies in Eggington Group. We are proud to continue the production of the world-famous Joseph Rogers pocket knife uh, knives, which have borne the Star and Cross trademarks for over 300 years, um, and says to oil it and such like this. But it's made in uh, Sheffield by Joseph Rogers and Sons Limited. Uh, you can get them from Garrett Wade, and they're they're pretty inexpensive. So kind of neat, neat little, uh, neat little knife. Hmm. Yeah. But the the difference between so there's there's some good things about this. One good thing is that it comes with a can opener and a little screwdriver. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that's not as good as on the case is. Uh, that the Marlin spike doesn't lock open, so you have oh. to, yeah you have to be you have to be careful right so you you just have to make sure that you were using it and you were conscious of that and then also I mean the fit and finish is not going to be the same as on the case Marlin spike but it is an interesting looking knife it's interestingly shaped and it's got some neat history so I wanted to bring that up as a as a knife uh, and it's and it's not bad priced yeah. Not too bad. By Garrett Wade is where I bought it. Hmm. Um, and that's okay. That's about it. That's all I yeah. got. Okay. So, you know, um, I could be maybe a hipster. <laughs> I uh, I have a friend of mine that is uh, uh, makes razors. Yeah. And uh, his wife makes soap. Yeah. For shaving. Yeah. And so I got a uh, a thing of, of soap from her yesterday called, the name of their company is called Through the Fire Fine Craft. Okay. Yeah, I see. Okay. Okay. And this is uh, uh, luxury shaving soap. And it's got, uh, it's got some glycerin and it's got some coconut oil and some other stuff in it anyway so I'm gonna I'm gonna start using this but um, I shaved my face with a with a, with a um, safety razor and I but I've been using a brush and a cup for like a long time yeah and uh, I don't shave my head like that because I don't shave my head in front of a mirror I always shave my head in the shower okay so I don't uh, I don't use that on my head but I use a regular like a uh, uh, Wilkinson sword little blades little yeah. single edge blades for yeah. my face and uh but i've been using this this kind of soap yeah um where you use a brush and you yeah you know for for quite some time so maybe maybe we started the hipster movement i don't know like <laughs> i don't know what it is but like uh they like a lot of the things that i like um it's nice to have them on board finally <laughs> it's nice well, that they're the, finally figuring it out, but uh, the problem—the problem with the whole thing is—is is that they tend to not know what all that stuff is for. Well, and then they, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I know they like good coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, I like good coffee too, but I drink so much of it. Um, you know, and I drink—it's not like I drink expensive coffee. I drink eight o'clock coffee. Eight o'clock. I drink huh? eight o'clock, a hundred percent. Colombian beans. Okay. And grind them. And that's and I I drink coffee cuz I'm ADD and I'm caffeine addicted. Right. Um I if I don't drink coffee, 
I I can't focus on anything. I mean, I'll drink 30 cups of coffee a day. 20 probably 20 cups of coffee a day. Jeez. And it has the opposite effect on me. It actually calms me down. Okay. Um I literally have coffee before I go to bed. Jeez. I mean, like laying at my, on my nightstand, I walk up to my up to my room, have set a cup of coffee down on my nightstand. Um Get undressed, get in bed, drink the coffee, get up, brush my teeth, and then go to bed and go to sleep. Hmm. <laughs> so there's some sickness there somehow, but, um, but, but I'm not a I'm not a, a quote unquote gourmet coffee guy. I mean, I, you know, I, I I like good coffee, but I don't like Charbucks. I don't like. Uh, I think I think their coffee is is burnt. It always tastes burnt to me. They they have some uh, really strong roasting protocols. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I think they roast it. I think the the new they have a they have a a, a a a roast called blonde. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. But but mo- their regular normal everyday roast is too is too burnt for me. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. You know what I uh, when I was up in uh, and and if you don't know, I mean you can tell. When a, when a bean is over roasted, there's oil. It's the bean becomes very oily. Okay. And so when you are like um, when you're grinding it, it gets it it sticks together. The, yeah, the, clumps. The grounds, the yeah, it clumps right up. And and um, a properly roasted bean won't, won't be oily on the outside. Hmm. It'll have a nice it'll have a nice even color, but it won't be oily. Mm-hmm. And 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 Starbucks, you open up they're there, oily and, beans. and they're freaking oily as hell. Yeah, and that makes for b- more bitter coffee. When I was in Washington, uh, we stopped at this gas station, and in the corner of the gas station lot was this little, basically tool shed looking thing, and there was a line of people, like twenty deep, lined up at this little tool shed thing, and it was Foxy Ladies Coffee. I'm like, what the hell is with this coffee? It must be fantastic. They've got like 20 guys lined up out there. And the deal is, is like they serve coffee, and if you give them a tip, they'll show you their boobs or whatever. Like, <laughs> so there's like 20, 20 of these like construction worker looking dudes lined Foxy up. Foxy ladies coffee and pole dancing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like a little shed. But uh, That's funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. Um, see, so, so you've been droning. You've been flying your drone around. Yeah, I drone the park quite a bit. Uh, I'm sometime this weekend after after I'm done cleaning up that tornado crap. I'm probably going to try to go skeet shooting. I'm going to drone the skeet range and try to get oh, some nice. like eye level explosions and stuff. That'd be oh, pretty good cool. idea. Hopefully, that's, uh, that nobody hits your drone. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's well it'd just be me and my brother-in-law shooting uh and i'm not going to shoot my drone down <laughs> hopefully he's smart enough not to yeah you think so he'll be following that bird follow through boom yeah there goes my drone. we're hit we're hit we're going down <laughs> yeah a little smoke and spinning around and stuff like <laughs> yeah uh, so today is today is uh the anniversary, 70th year anniversary for Normandy. Yeah. That's quite a deal. Yep, kudos to everybody who landed. Yeah. And uh, 
and a, uh, a moment of silence for all of who didn't make it. Yeah, it it was quite a quite an undertaking and all that. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, I wonder if Pajama Boy would do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, that was like two years ago. Dude, that was like seventy years ago. <laughs> okay, so open carry. I so just a little background um, for people. I I've seen this on Facebook the last couple days, and basically in Texas you can open carry uh, in public spaces, and uh, you know some businesses will allow that in, or they don't have a rule about it. So what people have been doing is they've been strapping like AKs and ARs on their back and walking into Target and like buying diapers and shit. <laughs> and it's like freaking everyone out and pissing everyone off and everything. And so uh, it's been quite the topic the last few days. I wonder what your take on it is. I, I, I have mixed emotions about it. I was in a store the other day and a lot of people know me, know that I carry a gun all the time all the time people would never see it but i have one on me all the time so i walk into the gas station and our and where i live our little gas station is like a gas station slash grocery general store type of place you can buy they have a meat counter they have you know staples you could literally do all your grocery shopping there yeah if you if you chose to they have a vegetable you know they have vegetables nice actually have avocados there yeah which, which is kind of funny. Tomatoes, avocados. Anyway, so I, I go in there the other day to get something. I don't remember what, what I went in there for. And and here was a guy that has his Glock in a Phobos non-secure holster. Like in his belt. Like he had a, he had like that, pad, like a paddle holster. Yeah. And then he had his t-shirt purposely tucked on the other side of it so that you could see that it was now this is a paddle holster if he didn't have a cpl or a concealed weapons license or whatever it is that you're, it's called in your state why wouldn't he have just taken it off and put it underneath the seat while he was in the store why did he have to you know he, he should have secured the gun before he came in the store if he didn't have a way to secure it on his hip okay because and he and he's not he's not using any situational awareness whatsoever, none at all. So so he's like you know he backs into me one time. I mean he bumped the gun into me one time. He we're walking up the aisle and he's turning around and he's like right, you know and and him and his buddy are jawing back and forth, but they're not paying attention to me. And <clears throat> I had half a mind to take his gun. <laughs> Um, I didn't, I, sh- and afterwards I should have, because people do not understand that everybody does not have good intentions, and just because you're wearing your gun in front of everybody doesn't scare me. If I was a bad guy and I was going to rob something and somebody had their gun hanging off their belt like that, you'd be the first one I'd shoot. Yeah, just shoot him to make an example and shut everybody yeah, and else you, up. Yeah, and, and then I'd have two guns. Yeah. 
You know, I, and and I don't I don't understand. I mean, I get the Second Amendment thing. I get I understand that. I I'm a hundred percent supporter of it. Um, in fact, I think it's even with the open carry thing going on. I think we're even way too restrictive. I mean, we should be able to buy RPGs and flamethrowers and you know. Um, <laughs> Well, you should at least be able to buy the stuff that is issued to a soldier. Yes. Because yeah, the whole exactly. point of the Second yeah, Amendment... I want, a, I want a tank, I want a tank, anti-tank weapon. You can buy that. You just have to have one. the right federal... You have to have, I want a mortar. You can buy that, too. You just yeah. have to have the right permits for it and stuff. But. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so my take is, I get it, I understand it. But if you're going to do it, you probably ought to be a little more aware of your surroundings than just blindly thinking that showing me your gun is going to make you safe. Because, like I said, if if I was a bad guy and I had I I was going to do bad things, um, for one thing, I could have taken his gun ten times. Yeah. And and there was no security on his holster at all. I mean, it would have just came out of his holster. All I had to do is just grab it. Yeah. Very easy grab. Um, or I could have just shot him and taken it. He would have been the first one to die because he's showing me that he's a target. Um, when when I when I'm wearing a gun, which is all the time, it's concealed for a reason. I don't want anybody to know I got my gun. Right. I don't want them to think of me as a target. Right. And I think that that's where the that's where this whole thing is kind of going to somebody's going to get hurt by doing this. That one of these guys is going to walk into the wrong place and I'm not saying that anybody is going to shoot them because they're exposing their gun, but they may get their gun taken away from them and get shot. Hmm. And, and and that's the part that scares me about it. I mean, like I said, I, I get the whole, you know, I understand it. Right. Um. But I, I don't know what the I don't know what the proper solution is to it. But I do know that that the guys that are doing it many times are absolutely clueless. They think that they're raising awareness. And and the reality of it is, is they are putting people and themselves in jeopardy. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's kind of the way I look at it. Is I've I've been a firearms owner since it was legal for me to do so, and I've been a concealed carry permit holder since it was legal for me to do so. Um, so obviously, and I grew up around guns. I hunt. I do target practicing. I blow shit up just for fun. Okay, so like obviously I'm a, a big uh, pro Second Amendment guy, but nobody that I know. Who's who has anything to do with firearms would strap um, an AR or an AK on their back and walk into Target with it? Do you know right. anyone? Can you think of anyone that would do that? No. Okay, and we're all pretty pro-gun. It, it makes me wonder: is it false flag? Well, there's is it be that is it anti-gun people that are doing that to just say, well, look, hey. You know, legally, I can walk in here I, and do this. Do you agree you know, with that? You know, I don't know. We have a local talk show radio that is, they call themselves the founding, fa- the, the founding, your founding fathers. Okay. And um, 
the, the patriotic voice of your founding fathers or something like that. Right. And and these two guys, I've had phone conversations with one of them, and not on the air, but you know, and politically, he's extremely far to the right, extremely far to the right, to the point of, uh, you know, I, I'm I I lean to the right, but I'm not a, um, I don't carry all the water of the conservative movement. So, uh, regarding the open carry thing, that it's the same thing. Th- these guys are like proponents of that. Yeah, and and so I think that that's another. Um, I, I don't believe that they're, they're because they're anti-abortion, they're anti, you know, big government, they're anti everything else, and they're pro open carry. And they're both on the radio, and they, that's all they they talk about it all the time about. Mm-hmm. So so it being a false flag thing, I doubt if that's what it is, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of very pretty conservative people that are doing it. Well, what, what, so here's, here's my thing, okay? Uh, anytime I'm around somebody with guns, uh, unless I know them and unless I know that they know what they're doing with a gun and they can handle it safely and they're not going to be passing it, you know, crossing my face with the barrel, which fucking happens all the fucking time and I'm sick of it, uh, you know, unless I know the person, like, I don't, I don't want to be around them if they've got a firearm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, I'm sick of having people say, hey, do you want to see my gun? And then it's got a closed chamber. And I'm like, well, clear the chamber. And they're like, well, it's not loaded. It's like, yeah. well, you know, a hundred. if you ask 100% of the people who've accidentally shot themselves or accidentally shot someone, the gun wasn't loaded. Right. It, it's 100% of people. And unless I can see into that chamber... It's a loaded gun, and I don't care who you are. You hand me a gun without showing me the chamber, I'm going to clear the chamber every right. time. You know, and then so then I see these guys, you know, walking in the baby aisle with, you know, uh, AKs and ARs like, you know, slung across their chest and all this. How do I know that those guys have the training to be able to How do I know it's on safety? Um, how do I know they're not going to like snag it on something and the damn thing goes off and blows my leg off? You know, I just, I just don't like being around people with guns that I'm not a hundred percent positive know what they're doing with them. Right. And, and for, you know, there, I can count maybe on, I can count on one hand at PWIP, you know, just, I can count on one hand in that crowd of people, the people who I think handle a gun responsibly and aren't fucking clearing the gun into my back and aren't aren't like crossing my face hey look at this cool gun they wave it right in front of my face you know Mm -hmm. like and those are those are people who are pretty educated about firearms and should know better but they don't right you know so like the random guy walking around on the street if he's got a if he's got a weapon i'm number one i'm gonna assume it's loaded number two I'm going to assume he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, so I'm going to steer clear. Right. You know, I don't want to get shot. Right. You know, and then the other thing is, is like... But you're prejudging. Yeah, you're based on experience. Based, <laughs> based, on, based on, I'm preserving my yeah. own damn life. You know... It, uh, be, tell that to the cop that's racial profiling. Well, this is a different <laughs> issue altogether. But the... But the um, is it? Is it? But... But uh, getting back to what I was saying, like, 
the other thing is, is like, say I see a group of six dudes walking into Target with assault rifles on. Okay, I I'm think my vest on. I think my something's going on. My big vest. Right. I, I'm thinking it's gonna some shit's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just uh, so so for that for those two reasons alone, right there, I just. I mean, I, I understand it's legal to do it, but for those two reasons alone, it's like, is it really the smart thing to do? And then the other thing is, is like, the only reason they're doing that is to provoke a confrontation. Yeah. Okay, they're well, going to provoke think- a confrontation with some liberal idiot who you're not going to convince anyway, and it's going to cause a scene, and they're going to be screaming, they might try to grab your gun and pull it away from you, and then what happens? Right. You know, why why have a fight when there doesn't need to be one? Right. Okay, you already have the right. You already have the right to, to open carry it in that state, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. So it's not like you're fighting for the right. It's not like you have to pick that fight. Right. So why pick the fight in in the first place? Which, again, it, it's so stupid, and it's so right. contrary to what everyone I know who is in the firearms world does that it it almost has to be false flag. I mean because because they look like idiots and then the 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 question that's going to be raised is is like well hey you know uh, they're trying to take my guns away so I'm going to walk around in public with it so they'll give me more. It's like no you're not winning hearts and minds by by you know buying a stroller and baby diapers with an with an AK strapped to your back. Right. You know, you're not convincing anyone that it's a good thing that that law exists and that it's legal for you to open carry. You know, and, and you're and even even people like me that are like, you know, pro gun, I see that and I'm like, dude, I don't know what that guy's up to. Like that's not normal behavior. Right. You know, and and plus even if even if it is normal behavior, how do I know that that guy knows his ass from a hole in the ground? Right. You know, so Well, and and that's Although, you know what, in in a lot of foreign countries, it's open carry. People carry rifles around like that all the time. Yeah, I've been, I've seen it. Um, you know, I, I've, um, I've but, seen it before. You know, it, it, but in those in those countries, it's it's more socially normal. In our country, right. it's not socially normal. Right. And, and, and I'm wondering what they're something. Right. And I'm wondering what they're. Um, I still have yet to figure out what the object is, I, and I can't put a I can't put a valid um, I can't put a valid reason to even do it. Well, okay, so I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the other side for a while, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give some some reasons why they might that they might give you. Okay, so. Um, Reason reason number one, the the number one thing they're going to say is, well, you know, we've got all these guys carrying quote-unquote assault weapons into public places and nothing is happening. Nobody's getting hurt, this and that. And that just goes to, you, you know, we're trying to show people that they have these fears of, of uh, weapons and they're completely unfounded. You know, because here we are in Target, six dudes with assault <coughs> rifles and nothing happened. So, so is this like the gay pride thing? I don't know, but that's that's one reason that that they would give you is that they're trying to show that look, you know, bad guys kill people, guns don't kill people. Right. Okay. Um, I I don't know that anybody's anybody 
who is serious is arguing that a gun is just going to have a will of its own and just often shoot somebody. You know, I don't think that that's the Dianne argument. Feinstein. Well, right, but she's an idiot. Na- Nancy um, Pelosi. They're idiots, okay? Harry I read. I think the the average person on the street is not doesn't doesn't necessarily look at it that way. So, you know, the message they're trying to get across is, hey, you know, you can walk into a store with an AK and nothing's going to happen. Like, okay, yeah, but you still you're you're making a lot of people uncomfortable, not just because there's a gun there, but because I don't know that you know what you're doing with it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it has nothing to do with uh, with me being scared of the gun. Uh, I'm just worried that the guy is a fucking idiot, okay? And he's and, and it, it, demonstration number one that he's a fucking idiot is that he's strapped, uh, you know, an AK or an AR to his back and walked into Target with it. Okay, that that right there tells me you're an idiot. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but it just does. I mean, I see that, and immediately I think idiot. And because of that, um, then I really start to wonder, well, you know, then the safety issues come up for me. You know, having been at places where people should know better, and having guns cleared into my back, and, and having people hand me loaded weapons saying they're not loaded, and this and that, and having people, like, wave barrels in front of my face, people who should know better... You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's and that's what I think too. I, I when when I was uh, when I was in the grocery store and that fella had that Glock hanging out, Glock seven or was a Glock seventeen hanging out like that. <clears throat> I thought, here's a guy that is actually jeopardizing the rest of us. Not so much that he has a gun. And his intentions are okay or not okay. They're, I'm not judging that. I'm judging the fact that everybody else now has access to his to his weapon. Yeah, because it's so no, no, so no longer is a is a is his weapon secure. Mm-hmm. And somebody that means to do harm, you know, crime of opportunity. All of a sudden, I got a gun. It's like boom, <laughs> empty <Yeah>. your pockets. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, and that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Was not so much that he is he doesn't have the right to do it. It was why would you do it? Why, you know why it, why would you're basically jeopardizing everybody else? Not from your not from you physically touching your gun. It's the fact that you don't have control of it when it's like that. Well, you're walking yeah. around the store and you do not have control of your weapon. Right, and then and then and that that's the that's the other thing is like you and I look at that and we see the problems with it. Mm-hmm. We know that that anybody who knew what they were doing would not carry a weapon like that, unsecured, and so that anybody can grab it, and they'd yeah. have better situational awareness. You know, and and if I was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think about all all a guy would have to do would be, you know, they, these guys that have these rifles slung over their back. I mean, a lot of them are slung over their back. Yeah, I saw that. Around. Yep. With a magazine, a loaded magazine, stuffed in in the pipe. Man, all you have to do is make a cut with a knife, good sharp knife, and you and you've you got that band, and you got the gun. Yeah. You know, and once again, the weapon isn't secure because yeah. it's on your back; it's not on your front to start with. I, I don't know. I like I said, I have I have real mixed emotions about it. I 
you know. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 like it's we want to put it in your face so you have to address your issues. Yeah. No. We, no, it's more like this. We have to put it in your face so you can face our issues. Yeah. With the like, uh, with dude, the open face your carry. own fucking issues. Right. It's like, <laughs> look, dude, I know you you like have the right to carry it. You still look like a douche. Like, stop yeah. it. Oh. But um, like I said, I think it's I think it's they have their own issues that they need to address, and because they have issues, they think everybody should have issues. <laughs> you know, what, whatever issues they are. Yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> Open carry dudes. <laughs> I, I knew that you were probably looking at that and scratching your head because pretty much everybody I know that's that that yeah. that is reasonable with a firearm, you know, pretty much looks at those guys and says, uh, "This this is screwy." <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's not well, helping and, and it's, the cause yeah, and, of and, firearms and ownership. Not, yeah, exactly. And I'm not. Uh, um, I'm definitely not advocating it. You know, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't gotten hurt yet. Yeah. But hmm. I mean, it may be that the gangbangers really don't um, don't know how to disarm somebody. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I look at it like, you know, all of the training that I've had to to maintain my weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys have never had it. And they're not very good shots. Typically. Well, that's, the guns don't fire so well when you hold them sideways. But I, but I think general public doesn't think about stuff like that. Yeah, doesn't think that somebody is will be bold enough to take their gun off their hip. Yeah, and that was the point where I felt like I wanted to walk up to that guy and just take his gun and say, you know, you probably ought to hide this or secure it. Yeah, then the, you're just, in a confrontation. Well, just like just grab it and then just empty it out, clear it, and then hand it back to him. Well, like if he. Like if he bumped into me with it, I probably would have. Yeah. Like I well, mean, I if, said, the, I had, if the gun I ten, touches me, like dude, I had, I had ten opportunities. Yeah. I, literally, I count. I, I walked to the store counting them. How many opportunities I had to grab his gun? <clears throat> ten. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was intentionally doing it. No. It's not a big store. <laughs> Anyway, but, yeah, so, so that's another battleground that's kind of heating up. Yeah, um, well, like I said, I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is. Um, maybe revolution. Maybe we should just start the damn zombie revolution right now <laughs> and just be done with it. <laughs> there you go. Zombie apocalypse. You know, I said this to my sister the other day. She started watching the, wa- the Walking Dead. Uh huh. And I said, you know what the tough part about the zombie apocalypse is going to be? Hmm. And she was like, what? I said, trying to contain my excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're just sick. I was like, no. I, I, I would just be in my glory. <laughs> I would be happy walking around shooting zombies in the face. That's funny. And starting over. And she's like, R- what? You're just sick. And I was like, you know, I'm, you know I'm kidding, right? She's like, no, well, you don't sound like you're kidding. I was like, well, yeah, I am. That's funny. Well, you know, I the, have, the, but I still would be excited. We, we'd be pretty well, pretty well set in any kind of a, any kind of a post-apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless so. we're just the first ones to die. Yeah, in which case, you know, you don't care. But, but uh, 
What, have you heard about the the uh, about the mosquito? Do you have mosquito issues down there this year? Gnats. We have mosquitoes like unbelievable. I've never seen mosquitoes like this. Well, how did the winter not wipe them out? I have no idea. So, now, I, nobody can give me a definitive answer, but I've, one of the things that I heard was that the, the the winter delayed a bunch of hatches. Oh, so they're and, all popping off, and at they're once. all pop. Yeah, oh, they're all popping at once. And then the other thing was that we have a bat issue. Your bats aren't kind of a, cleaning house. Yeah, the yeah the bats are. You know, a, they claim a bat will eat its weight in insects every night. Hmm. Okay, so bats are our friends. Well, apparently they have some kind of a fungus up here. They, they're calling it the bat, the white fungus. Yeah. For bat that bats get. I don't know. I haven't seen a dead bat yet. So, um, but I tell you what, I have never seen mosquitoes this bad in my life. That's crazy. Ever. Yeah, we have gnats. Our our problem is gnats this year. I haven't seen and many ticks. mosquitoes. And ticks. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he told me that he was out getting mushrooms. And he got a grocery sack full of morels, and he picked 30 ticks off them. Huh. Which is unusual. We normally do not have that number of ticks up here. We have ticks, but not, not like that, where you would walk through the woods and get 30 of them. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe it is the end of the world. Who knows? <laughs> but, I, but I did hear that uh, dengue fever and uh, uh, another, another little disease virus is being spread in Florida by mosquitoes. Huh. Yeah, Which that, dengue, dengue, they, will, dengue will, because it's, you know, that's, the southern Florida is part of the Caribbean. Right. You know, so, you know, you, it's, that stuff goes back and forth all the time down there. I don't understand how they don't get malaria down there. They do. In Florida? Yeah, occasionally there'll be cases of malaria down there. But, um, and there was malaria, uh, anywhere. There was malaria in Iowa. There was malaria in D.C. Every, everywhere where there's standing water, there's malaria. But we, uh, invented this miracle chemical called DDT. Mm-hmm. And we wiped out all of the, mosquitoes like all at once and then that stopped malaria and now every once in a while um you'll get little outbreaks of it here and there you know but like, not, ba- not like the like it used to be not like it used to be but in, in in florida every once in a while you'll see cases of uh malaria um you know but but by and large uh by and large it's pretty much whooped in the united yeah. states anyway but uh well, listen, we're we're on uh, almost on the two hour mark. I gotta go for a run, and I've got to go to a party. Nice. I'm going to watch uh, a good friend of mine sing. Okay. Him and him, him and his wife sing tonight. Yep. And uh, and I haven't. I've got to go shave and um, feed my dogs because they're they're starting to howl. Yeah. And. Uh, and so we, we probably ought to sign off and because we'd hate to get these guys that have been waiting for two weeks way too much all at once because their head will explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't tell my camp dentist story, so we'll save that for next time. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need to tell that. There's still we still have a bunch of stories to tell. Um Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to do something next week sometime. Yeah. And just try to get back in the swing of things. Like I said, I'm gonna be diving I'm I'm assuming that I should be home before Thursday. Okay. But uh um 
But with, with that being said, um, like us on Facebook. Right. Visit us at uh, knifejournal.com and uh, keep your friends sharp and your knife sharper. No. <laughs> keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Right. And we'll Have see you day. next time. Yep. Have a good day. Yep. Bye.